Welcome to Intro Maxwell Podcast, episode 10. This is your faithful commissioner, Neil Trumpertief. Who am I here with? Joseph the Allen Slayer Willoughby. And this is the Phoenix King Oza. And this is bald head Ed winner of the Bryant Horny Men League 2021 to 2022. I don't know what, what year, but Arthur, I'm the winner. Yeah, the trilogy. Yep, we're here with our uh, league winner here, guest starring once again, official friend of the pod, Edwin, here to uh, regale us with his victory. Um, we're all really excited to hear about it. Um, before we get started, any any big updates over the weekend? Alan, uh, you were largely offline. Uh, we were about to send uh, uh, some police officers for a wellness check. Can you uh, maybe give us some <laughs> detailing like on the inner workings of how your weekend went? Like maybe a little behind the scenes now that there's been a little time. Yeah. Yeah, sure. My weekend was good. Thanks for asking. Um, mm-hmm. New Year's Eve, right? So, you know, Friday night went out, Saturday recovery, Sunday, you know, football. Um, Patriots dominated. I think they put up a 50 piece, which was lovely to see, um, you know, love a good recovery rebound week where we get back into the playoff hunt and, you know, a couple of things go our way and we're looking pretty promising. So, you know, I think I was pretty pleased, um, with how the Pats handled their game. And then, uh, I think I got some delivery, um, went to bed at a pretty decent hour Sunday because I had work Monday. Uh, and then, you know, swung into the week of the new year, ready to go. So just from there is no like no checking of the phone, no like worrying about anything, you know, like yeah. emotions. Pretty carefree week, you know, some nice. reflection, you know, set some goals for the the new year. Um, you know, but you know, pretty pretty standard stuff. Why 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 do you ask? Did did something happen that we should be talking about? Well, I was just gonna say you you watched the ball drop, kind of like how your team dropped the ball in the semifinal league and game as well as your uh, third place game right is, is that a, a fair sort of analogy to say it might not be a fair analogy but it's an incredible segue it's an incredible segue <laughs> moving right on to edwin who is here uh because he won the league so why don't why don't we just go dive right into his match he won a very close one 141.96 to 136.6 against nick now I'm going to pass it over to Edwin. Please tell us the whole story, your feelings, the roller coaster as the day went on. We're we're excited to hear about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to say that I, you know, prepared a speech, but I did prepare a speech. So you know, I'm just going to roll off the dome with this one. Is you know, first off, I want to apologize uh, to absolutely no one. In the words of Conor McGregor, uh, you know, all this time listening to the podcast, watching the chatter on the Discord. Hearing that premature GG from Diego, probably the second most hated person in this league, according to some hosts on this podcast, and taking out the knives in my back from the other division leader, one of the co-hosts of this podcast, I've heard many bad things about my team. So to come out on top victorious, you know, I sent that, that gif in our Discord of the Tom Brady shaking his head at the first Super Bowl, being like, how, how did I come here? How did I come to this position? So I just want to I want to thank a few people that really stood by my team and who deserve thanks for this championship run. Run, excuse me. Uh, first, you know my opponent Narc, a great championship battle. Uh, I had to say that because I believe the prop makers for that for who I'd be first to thank was Narc was plus one hundred, God was minus one hundred. So I had to take the plus money on that one. Uh, number two, the great commissioner of our league, Neil, who said good things about my team on a relatively consistent basis. Uh, so there we go for that. Uh, the haters, you know, uh, who fueled my attentiveness to the league in the second half 
And finally, the rest of the league, you know, for once I changed my name to Lord Farquaad, I believe you said some of you may die by the hands of Joe Burrow and a string of bad QBs early on the season, but that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. So thank you for, for giving me this platform to speak. Um, I really don't want to get into the game too much because I squeaked out a win on the hands of Joe Burrow. If, if Narc made that move of Odell Beckham not being on the bench and potentially playing the, the Titans D, I think that's who he had on his bench, um, this would have been a very different somber, somber speech in my own head because I wouldn't have the audience at all. There's nothing more somber than no one hearing your thoughts. So, I mean, the, the biggest victory is being able to, to speak on it. So, I mean, kudos to you. I mean, putting up 146, I mean, that puts you in a decent position to win. And it's just a matter of if the other person doesn't fuck it up, then it seems like he did. Fantasy football is a lot about luck, right, Neil? 100%. It's better to be lucky than good, but I think you're what I, I really, I think at one point I texted Alan over the weekend and I said, I'm so glad Edwin won. It gives me faith in fantasy football. Just a little bit, just a little bit, because it showed like, okay, at the end of the season, Edwin made, you know, some good moves. He had good waiver wires. He picked up Rex Burkhead in this last week, like made good picks and he put in that effort. He didn't just like plug in players that he just already had on his bench, like his opponent did in certain matchups. He was more proactive and I really appreciated seeing that. And I was like, oh, thank God. The person that put in the effort won. The person that, you know, was a little more present won. I always, always supported him for that. Um, the one bar that I'll throw in is I believe Edwin never started a quarterback um, until Joe Burrow. That was over QB 15 on the season. He started Russell Wilson, Sam mm. Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, to Tagovailoa. Oh, Until he God. finally found Joe Burrow. And Teddy Bridgewater three. one is brutal to think. Looking back, I had, I think I put him on my bench after that Cowboys game, which I, right, Denver like destroyed the oh, Cowboys. Yeah, killed him. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, you know what? He has the hot hand. It's not going to be as hot as the, oh my God. It's not going to be as hot as the, uh, <laughs> uh, that game, but he's, he's, he's going to get there. And uh, he never actually did. Yeah, and um, the one quarterback left out was Lamar Jackson, um, but the most Lamar ever put up since you had him was 19 points. So I feel like Edwin kind of somehow won in spite of his quarterbacks all year. It's really, really interesting to see. Normally, like, a very, like, strong, like, sturdy position that you can kind of count on, and here you had sort of, like, the roving nomad streaming because there was no other choice, and really great to see that like the other pieces of your team pulling through and, and winning. So very, very excited for me and congratulations again. Um, well, the other icing on the cake too, is the fact that Edwin didn't download the discord or uh, really, you know, have ESPN on his phone arguably until at least Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, you know, I think a few members of the league definitely want a little bit of uh, of piece of credit and glory for Edwin getting this one. I think it meant a lot to a few of us that, you know, we got him pulled in and now look at him. He won a championship. So also congrats, Edwin. Way to steal it from the big guy. Uh, good job. That's what happens. You listen to the pod and you win. That's huh? that's what we're here for. Um, so moving on, Edwin, we'll, we'll let you have the outro as well. So you can um, gather any final thoughts you have about, about the season in general, and we'll get to those. But I actually want to move on to the third place matchup that I also was following quite closely. And I'm, I'm going to let uh, Joe start on this one, who 
was in this case the uh, Katara and Zuko slaying the Fire Lord Ozai. Actually, it was Toph who, who slayed Fire Lord Ozai at the end there as the Phoenix well, technically King. technically, he was Phoenix King, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Ed, Edwin, Edwin beating Nick, um, kind of attentiveness beating inattentiveness, um, uh, justice beating injustice, uh, good defeating evil. Um, I mean, it's, it's a classic, classic kind of hero's arc journey story here where um, I was able to defeat one Alan P. Uh, last name unknown, uh, 166.7 to 122.83, folks. It, it was it was a real spanker, folks. I mean, I was able to do this without Dalvin Cook scoring more than five points. Um, the rest of the team really showed up. Everyone else is in double digits. Um, uh, AJ Cole can suck my dick. He only scored nine. Um, but yeah, uh, Allen's team just absolutely sputtering at the end of uh, the season, just like a, a car just about to hit the telephone pole after a, after a long kind of wintry drunken drive lost lost a few close ones at the end there he was only able to put up 122 and neil as they say you need to score at least 150 or maybe 145 to uh win in this league 100 percent, alan i actually i didn't want to point this out but that was the second lowest point total of Oof. the week so, oh that uh, hurts really only would have beat brendan who is still starting um a, a jets wide receiver who isn't even playing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean and uh uh, I know, I know. Alan's gonna come up here and talking about how Amon Ra St. Brown, the uh, the sun god, was the pickup of the year. But it really only matters if uh, you start him. We're on to twenty twenty two. Wow, we'll have no comment at this time. Wow, uh, the season was obviously a big disappointment, utter letdown, and uh, we're gonna go back to the drawing board and make some real serious changes for next year because uh, some of these guys just aren't gonna fly. So either they're going to have to figure it out or, you know, management will figure it out. Uh, one of the two is going to happen. Um, I, I, I guess a, a quick update on the Cordero Patterson watch. He scored 7.2 Ooh. points this week. Oh, he's been he's been really good. I think he's been single digits three weeks in a row now. It's really fantastic <laughs> stuff. It, it seems like he's completely tethered to Allen's performance as well. <laughs> Interesting. It's like uh, the wand and the wizard there a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> um, I do want to point out, Alan, um, there is some there is no cold solace, no cold comfort for you because there was a path to victory by slotting up Rashad Penny and starting the Sun God. I believe that actually would have been enough. Yeah. Maybe Cole Komet too, you know, just a, starting a tight end who gets points would be good. But mm, that'd be good. That, yeah. the, I, I think the only thing that I'll say that will really help you sort of maybe like weather the off season and, and give you some comfort is the saying of it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And you finished poorly. Oh my God. Joe, <laughs> oh so your team. Savage balled out even on the bench yeah we it, it was a good week um everyone and, you know like up. yeah a lot of, uh, a lot of people don't take solace in third place um I, I got my money back which is one and two like i feel like i put myself in a position just to, to uh at least uh, um, i put myself in a position to win in these last three weeks of the of the home stretch here uh of the playoffs so um i'll hang my hat on that and hopefully i can kind of replicate something similar next year yeah and i, I think you know if you're alan if you're trying to get any sort of you know ray of sunshine from this is you were quote unquote the best in the league the best record in the regular season and that means that every opponent of yours is going to try to show you up right it's like when the patriots come when the patriots come into town you're you are going to get the best from that opponent and you know some days you're just you're just on the losing end of that. 
Um, yeah, I mean the the Dawson Knox play. I did not think the zero points that that, that that's rough. But uh, Joe, congratulations! Uh, you are a worthy opponent in in the East, and I look forward to battling with you next season. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm hoping you all have the Joe Burrow Joe Mixon. Uh stack next year I'm, I'm assuming people are going to go after those Bengals players um not Mixon I'm not going to touch I still won't touch him you still won't touch Mixon never, I'll dude, take him never again never yeah and I feel <laughs> Alan you know there our time is coming you can't you can't spend all the effort and do all the thinking and put all the the blood sweat and tears into it that we do and, and not get a result you know even a blind squirrel our day will come I patiently await You'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> awesome. So let's move on to uh, the season recap here a little bit. Any uh, observations, trends, e- even talking about neck going into next year, uh, players we'd draft again, players we'd stay away from, um, you know, we could, uh, anything of that ilk, get it out of your system now. Um, we might have some other off-season podcasts as, you know, free agency and stuff like that goes along, but this is just quick, guttural visceral right after the season um reaction edwin you want to start us off as, a, as our as our champion yeah I, I mean from in terms of like lessons learned um a players we draft again to what value i mean i was just going through the draft recap being like what what is the most like outstanding uh sort of pick that probably is the best value and uh who is tyreek in the sheets is that jacob 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 drafted rob gronkowski in round 17 and i know he was injured for a while but that probably had to be the one of the better tight end pickups to play you know on a consistent basis when when he actually was playing you know games for tampa bay um that that is one in to me that i'm saying whoa i draft i draft rob Gronkowski again especially if tom brady is is drafting or is under under center for the tampa bay team um and I don't like the Joe Mixon slander. I literally rode his shoulders and knees and Achilles and tendons all the way to a championship. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I love Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon can have, you know, 5% of my earnings. You know, I said it. You know, I, I, I reward my players. Wow. We're going to hold mail, you to that. You're going to mail him a check? <laughs> mail him a check. He needs it. You could donate yeah. to his charity, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe like a good guy. Coin. Yeah, send him some Russ coin, dude. You just saw the little booty go right there. I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like it's a given that Jacob's going to draft Rob Gronkowski. It's just a, it's just like, where is he going to do it? And it seems like he did it with literally the, the Tom Brady pick, right? The very last pick of the, uh, of the draft here. Um, I'm curious if he, if he picked, he kind of like supplemented that by picking the Patriots kicker, like in the third round, but I don't think he did. He picked a kicker really early. He, he does that thing where he just like tries to fill all his starters and then goes to his bench after like that's <laughs> classic <laughs> Jacob. Some things change and some things stay exactly the same. You know, I'm kind of curious about your kind of like uh, your your macro thoughts on on the league. I don't think I really have any. I, I I think I have more in regards to like players, teams. I would I would look for or avoid based on value. Yeah, so I think I think this year was interesting in that uh, it was a little harder to find consistent value in a couple of positions where you would typically think of like, oh, I can have this guy and he'll be solid and sort of like hang your hat on him. There was a little more need to like stream if you really wanted to maximize your points, specifically like quarterbacks and, and tight ends. I would say, hi, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. So uh, at, at least for me, like even with some of those like top, um, like 20 top 15 guys, like Rob Gronkowski, he was number 
12, I think, among tight ends. But, like, he didn't play for half the season. He had a couple of dud games even when he did. Um, there's a lot of players like that. Like, I think Zeke had, like, the 17th most points per game. He just played all season, which, like, inflated how good he looked. Like, there was a lot of, like, a lot of, like, pieces around that weren't as sustainable as I would say, like, in a normal season you would have. I don't know if that's because of COVID. Probably a lot of that is COVID, actually. A lot of that is also just, like, the longer season, more injuries, people being more conservative with their players in some ways and just trying to like feel it out. Um, so I don't know if like in the coming season, things will sort of like normalize with people getting used to the longer season and things like that. But I, I think for me, that was sort of like what I noticed. It was just like, oh, like some of these guys are really tiring out. Like I have to like sort of find value somewhere else or um, there's not as like much consistency on a game to game basis with a lot of guys and just like a few more injuries in, in general, at least with like top draft picks. Um, yeah, uh, I do have one fun observation before I pass it on to Alan is that uh, kind of Nick fell apart a little bit there at the end. And I think one thing that we always sort of joked about on this podcast was that he had just kept Robert Woods for like seven weeks too long on the bench. So I kind of took a deeper dive and I saw that. When Robert Woods was on Nick's bench, he was five and one. But then when uh, he either started or was off of Nick's roster, Nick was only four and seven. So I really think superstition really should have kicked in here and he should have kept Robert Woods. And I bet he would have somehow pulled out the finals with some other like wizardry somewhere. A hundred percent because I kept Deontay Johnson in my flex spot just because he was doing so well in the flex spot that I, I was not moving him at all. Oh. I was like, I, he was always in my flex. And, you know, I obviously he's like probably my wide receiver one on my yeah. team. Um, you know, there's certain time. Yeah, he was my wide receiver one. And I, I kept him in that flex spot the whole time because I think he balled out week two, week three, or something like that. And then I was like, oh, wow. I, I'll make a few waiver, waiver orders here and there. Boom. And then. You know, once I started paying attention, I was like, this, this man's not leaving. This is his home, you know, like happy learned so, how to putt. I think we did mention that we did. We did talk about that. We're like, or maybe Neil, we were texting each other. He's like, why is Deontay Johnson in the flex when Christian Kirk <laughs> is so like way above yeah, It's him. like, why don't we like switch these things around? Like, I was like, was it like a Thursday thing one time or like a Monday night thing? I was like, I don't think so. I think he's just like been there. And like, there's like, those are like sort of like those little small, subtle advantages that you can kind of get like in fantasy like moving your players like to get that little edge but you just never did now that that explains it that's that's actually pretty funny and i'm very i'm very glad that i told that uh we, we got that out of you it's the mind of the mad scientist <laughs> and it worked yeah i'm gonna do that next season uh alan what are what are your thoughts here what are, do you have any uh musings that you would like to tell us I agree with pretty much everything that's been said um the thing i'm most interested for uh or i guess in seeing is what will the lessons learned be um i know there were a couple of comments like you know oh i feel like this is where i always kind of you know my season falls apart or you know oh um you know i don't know kind of what to do at this point in the season so you know for for kind of what happened over the course of the year um i think that's the biggest question mark that i have for everybody else moving forward but um now, otherwise, I thought it was a really good year for everybody. You know, uh, some of the teams that we thought, um, you know, weren't going to necessarily be the best um, turned out to be pretty good. And some teams that we thought were going to be pretty good turned out to be, you know, real crap. So, um, you know, it, it's that's just the ups and downs of the fantasy season, as we've all said. But 
um, you know, overall, I thought it was a good year. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think for next year, um, how seriously are we going to take Diego? Because I feel like if my memory serves, I feel like the past couple seasons, it, it's he's never been good, but his only skill was beating Neil, like at the least opportune time <laughs> for Neil. So I'm like, do, do we kind of like put some value in it or do we just think that was just Jonathan Taylor popping off and like he had just the right combo of players? I, I mean, he's he's for sure going to draft at least four Patriots to former Patriots in, mm-hmm. in the draft easily. So, I mean, from, from that, you know, that factor, uh, I, I, I don't know if we can take him as a serious player, but he did th- throw up a lot of points. Uh, he had, he had some spurts, you know, he, he went, uh, I don't know, not say the distance. He, he was above the cream of the crop. When you look at our, our league of the people, he was, he was an upper half. But um, I mean, I, I would keep him if he's going to beat my competition and then lose to me. Or you know, I, I keep him every day. I would compare Diego to like the the Raiders, like that he's typically below five hundred, doesn't typically make the playoffs, but like just wins stupid games, like games they have no business winning, or like losing games that he should always like they should definitely win. Like that's Diego, just like the mad joker like raiders of our league and just like picks guys that he likes it's just like oh yeah cordero patterson he's fast yeah come on over like oh moss is available now yeah come, come on over like let's get all these guys that we like oh, everyone come here you're fast come here you're cool yeah we're flashy we're the raiders we're diego's team and i think that's actually kind of a fun like cachet that that he has i suppose if, if diego were to have cachet all right so first of all none of those guys were on diego's team Second of all, historically speaking, if you look through the records of ESPN and the way that uh, the league is stacked, Diego beats Neil a lot. Like, just throughout the record book. It makes no Diego, sense. It just happens. Diego is Neil's kryptonite. There is something about the matchup against Diego. Either his team somehow does well for the one or two flashes of the season, Let's not forget Diego got rung 200 plus up twice. You're welcome. So it's possible to beat the man, but you know, it's just the inevitable. So I I do think there is some value a little bit in Diego. Plus I love the trash talk brings out kind of some of the best of the league. So a hundred percent Diego's got the value, you know, from the, the, the league chat as well, if you will. I feel like it, it warrants mentioning here. I mean, he put up 182 this week. I mean, Jamar Chase put up 56 and a half points. Tom Brady popped off. Like that, I mean, if you could do that at the end of the year, I mean, that's like what we're all trying to do here. Well, well I mean, it didn't matter for him then, so. He was right there. I mean, uh, yeah. I think, was it Edwin or Neil who said his cream wasn't at the at the top of the oh, crop? Is, is that how it says? But his cream yeah. was somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? Wait, what? I, I don't. But, um, <laughs> so it's curdling right in the middle. Yeah. I'll, sure. I'll stop talking sure. about Diego's cream. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I think my, my lesson learned for the year is really to uh, maybe like separate from, from names more. And I say this every year. I say this every year at the end of the season. Like, oh, I'm going to play the matchups more. Like, names shouldn't matter like the talent at the end of the year unless like you know they're healthy and you know that they're going to be used like it it doesn't really matter sometimes like look at Amon Ross St. Brown or Rashad Penny or some of these other guys like in some of these weeks like Rex Burkhead did quite well for you Edwin off of like just he I watched that game like he he actually didn't do much but like he had enough little tiny cuts that it combined for like a solid day um or just like you know 
Gayton, whoever you want to think of, like the, these guys at the end of the season, like they always do really well. And you, you're just so hesitant to play them. Like, oh, but I have like, not uh, Alan, I'm not picking on you, but the first name that came to my head was Tyler Lockett. Like I have Tyler Lockett, like I'm not going to play with Monroe St. Brown because that's what I would do too. I would be really hesitant to play like this, like random no-name guy, especially with a backup quarterback. And like, they just get funneled to at the end of the year because like the team is like, actually like you know they're familiar with each other they can operate a little bit and like they're actually playing for pride most of the time so it's just like oh i like it doesn't matter that we're gonna funnel this guy we don't need to run like a super professional offense let's just like run what works and what worked was a monra st brow scoring like 100 fantasy points over the last three weeks um so that's that's my lesson learned and i'm we can play this back next year it's probably my lesson learned again because I'm, I'm not gonna follow this advice i, I never do yeah, <laughs> you're like Ben Roethlisberger's comeback tour, baby. Let's go. Yeah. That noodly arm. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to add one more lesson learned is that the uh, trade activity. I am so scared when Alan hits me up in person or on the phone of, "Hey, man, I I I like this guy," or "Hey, you like my lineup?" I I have a a chill go down my spine because I know that I am terrible at fantasy and I know that Alan analytically probably better at me than fantasy. I think that's a, probably a fair thing to say, seeing as you know, my, my performance in early part of the season. Uh, looking at the transaction counter, uh, I only had one trade, that Lamar Jackson trade, uh, with, with uh, Nate that, you know, I gave him DK Metcalf, you know, try, trying to find a little, little stoke in the oven. Uh, but... Nate with the most trades in the season four right behind him is Allen and Neil with three. My one, I feel like maybe, you know, you got to trust your roster and, and that's my, maybe my lesson learned is, you know, trust your roster. They're going to, they're going to bloom at the end of the season. I, I think to translate that a little bit for the listeners of this podcast, the real lesson is to not trade with Allen. That, that's the lesson that we need to, uh, you know, kind of say it from the mountain blackball me like that there, say it from the mountain no way i can be blackballed like that the trades that i made this year were fine and again let's not forget that trades are agreed between two parties i don't think you should go into any trade conversation being scared that's not good for either side shake those fears off you know and, and maybe just just have a serious conversation next time and let's get to the root of the needs and we'll figure out if there can be you know help on either sides but i wouldn't say that any of the trades that i had this year were necessarily bad they weren't team killing there wasn't one particular trade you know like get you know getting rid of terry mclaurin and you're only starting That's wide not... out which you know he, he's not it's the not even best, comparable you know, it's not He's not the best pillar bro. for your team. What are you but, talking about? You know, I'm just saying, like, it some teams really collapsed that. after a trade. I, none of the trades that I made that happen with. So, you know, I'm excited for next year. You know, I, again, who knows? Maybe draft strategies change. Maybe things are a little different. So we'll have to see if there's any, you know, need for trade. Like you said, Edwin, maybe I'll be content with my roster. Um, personally, I think it's a little bit of a risky strategy to go, you know, 14, you know, weeks with the same roster and only taking the pickups of the, the waiver wire. But, you know, it, it, it works to a certain extent if you get that luck bus going at the right time. I mean, totally. You look at uh, NARC had zero trades, only acquired 14 individuals, but I know how to read this transaction counter correctly. 
Yep. Uh, myself with, with one trade and 27 people, uh, Joe, zero trades. He was a little bit more active. And then, and then yours, uh, you, you had the most trades and you were very active on the, the waiver wire acquiring and dropping people, you know, two of the four, you know, two people who were in the finals, we're, we're, we're trusting their men, trust, trusting the men on the field. Interesting sometimes observation. It works, sometimes it doesn't. It, it really depends. It really depends. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about how this is going to be a little bit different. Like if we're, we look at this in a year, the, the free, a, free agent auction stuff is going to make this, this page look a lot different. Um, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Zero dollar bids. Zero dollar yeah. bids. Don't worry. I'll still have 74 acquisitions. Oh baby, the, the the bottom of the barrel stuff. No, but I, but I think everything you guys said here is good. This is the needle. Yep, there we go. I, I like it. Yeah, we can. Um, we'll we'll be talking about future role changes and whatnot in the off season too. So, get prepared for that, folks. Um, did, any other observations before we sort of move on to uh, a little more about what we're doing next year before we get on out of here and uh, give people their uh, their off season? Let's uh let's say what we're doing next year. Sweet. And we got to talk about the commissioner awards too, right? Oh yeah. Commissioner award. There's actually only one. There's only one. Uh, so I, I think start um, for next year, instead of like rules and stuff like that, like talking more about like players we draft again and, and players we'd stay away from. Um, one of my biggest regrets was not drafting Debo Samuel. When I drafted Brandon Ayuk, I was like, this should be Debo Samuel, but there's so much hype around Ayuk. I'm just going to take him, right? Like that hype can't be wrong. And it always is. And like, I should have trusted myself. It's like, I never, I almost never draft Niners either. Cause like I follow them too closely. It's too personal. I try not to bet on them too much. And I, I just, but then, you know, cause you're just so close to it. You're so, Joe, don't give me that face. Like I, I know I've bet on them recently, but there's just been good opportunities. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just, ah, oh, man. So that, that one really hurt. Um, but really other than that, like thinking of my roster this year, I probably won't draft Christian McCaffrey again, unless I could get him like in the bottom three picks of the first round. He's just too fragile he hasn't shown that he can play and like if his quarterback is still like sam darnold-esque like i don't want that like yeah. loaded boxes like noodly throws gross yeah i think that's the biggest thing too like that offense like uh right off the bat like i think about um brandon Eating cooks and the, oh. the houston mm. texans like i it's it's so tough when he's like literally their only lifeline and it was like pretty effective but i think like with another off season of uh defensive coordinators be able being able to scheme against him i feel like he can be kind of neutralized in some way he was definitely the exception he's like the exception to the role like first right. uh first year on the team and every or first year back on the team back on what did he start with tech no he started with the saints this was first year on the. On he's the, been on like four or five teams yeah. he's like one of the he most like tradable pass, contracts Rams. every year uh he's a bit on, yeah but um he, he's definitely the exception to that rule of like being on a terrible offense and like thriving like Joe, I think he had like a ton of like 20 point games. He, he would never like, I think he only had one game where he like really went off, but he had a lot of games, like 18, 20 points around there, which is surprisingly efficient for like Davis Mills throwing you the ball. It was like Allen Robinson with Blake Bortles-esque, like oh, the, the good old days. Oh, I miss right. those days. And on like the on like the opposite side of that, you have like the the Bengals, Chiefs, Rams kind of offenses that get kind of mm-hmm. like overhyped, and sometimes they don't really deliver all the way. Yeah, I think the the Cardinals start off super hot and then like fizzled out. Um, Allen, this is really why a certain team started to fall apart. Their quarterback went out to start playing well, and that that team just fell off. The the Chiefs were the other way around. I think uh, Joe, you're really down on Mahomes early on, and they sort of turned it around as of late. Like. 
he hasn't had like a under 25 point game. I don't think in the, in the last few weeks. Yeah. Well, I, I guess my regret is I, I drafted him in the second round mainly because mm. like, I, I find it exciting and fun to watch him play football and like root for him. But, uh, but at the same time, like he, he never, he like the first maybe three weeks or so he put up 39, 30 and 28 and then 41. And then after that, he was pretty pedestrian um, until kind of like the later, later yeah. part of the season. So it's really kind of like, yeah, you need to need to get people at value. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, looking back, Patrick Mahomes, uh, that draft, like, he was the top quarterback. I think he was what, maybe fourth or fifth most points scored for a quarterback. I think Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers was up there. Someone else, Justin Herbert, Tom, uh, yeah. that Allen had. Tom Brady, I think, was also like number two or three. And I mm-hmm. believe those guys were like, round six eight mm-hmm. i think josh allen was earlier but yeah i mean looking back i i mean patrick mahomes that's the name but, you know he's the right. kansas city chiefs i think you have to pick him at, at round well i don't know if you have to pick him but you have to pick him early if you want a good quarterback but i think that's a lesson there is i don't think many people reach for a quarterback quote unquote this draft and it'll be interesting to see if people will will change that strategy up or you know be tempted to pull the trigger early on i, I think it's always a risk and people are maybe a little influenced by the previous season um, or like past seasons where it's like, Oh, I saw Lamar and Mahomes blow up. Like I'm going to take him again this year. And like, unfortunately it doesn't happen like every year. Trying to, yeah. Like I, I know last year was also like super duper disappointed with, with DJ Moore, just like super underperforming, like Antonio Gibson, not doing what he wanted to. What I'm really interested in actually, one big question I have for Joe is if you had the first pick next year, are you taking Cooper cup with that pick? If not, where's the when's the earliest you would take? The the thing about him too is like he he didn't have an injury scare the entire season. Like there was there was never a concern that he would be on the field playing almost like every single snap and and catching like ten to twelve balls every single game. It's a real it's a really safe pick. I would probably do it. Like I'm looking at players picked in round one. Christian McCaffrey he got busted up. Dalvin Cook was in and out. Didn't get the proper shots that he should have. Alvin Kamara has been injured. Um, uh, Saquon Barkley. We don't have to talk about Edwin. Derrick Henry was all right. <laughs> hey, the, the champ. Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey in the first round is always a head scratcher. Yeah, I mean, uh, initially, um, when you asked me that, I, I, I was kind of hesitant. But, like, looking at that and, like, seeing the alternatives, I think I would go Cooper Cup. Wow, yeah. I, I would, too, because Cooper Cup's not only a floor. He also has a pretty good ceiling. And I think what sort of, like, fucked him near the end was Matthew Stafford's, like, fall off, throwing, like, four picks a game. But Cooper Cup would always feast because at his worst, he's, like, 10 receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And you're like – Oh, he only got 22 points. What the fuck? Like, this is so bad. (laughs) So the comment you made earlier about Allen's uh, quarterback falling off, I just instinctively thought that it was Matt Stafford just because he's been been tethered to Matt Stafford for so many years that I forgot it was Herbert. Yeah, it was was, Herbert actually did have a few bad weeks, though, at the end when uh, Allen needed him most. He vanished. Mm -hmm. Um, Allen, do you want to talk about that? I I would still draft Justin Herbert real early. Like, I still really like him as, as a quarterback, and I like his receivers, but... Alan, what what are you thinking? What, look, looking back at your team, who would you take again? You're you're really someone actually that has a lot of consistency across teams. Like you could really see a lot of common links. I, I feel. Listen, no, um, I'm not going to give away too much uh, in regards to the draft strategy or who I like or who I don't. You know, I I don't want you know everybody do your own research, come to your own decisions. But uh, you know, there are some people that I will share with the public who is on my do not fly list for uh, 2022. <laughs> Uh, let's start off with Tyler Lockett. I don't care who his quarterback is. I don't care what team he's on. 
I don't care how, you know, prolific the pass offense is. I'm not touching them with a 20-foot pole. I've had enough of the volatility. I've had enough of the empty years of promises. I've had enough of the, you know, this is going to be the year. He starts off well, and then down the stretch, he absolutely collapses. And it's detrimental to the growth of the fantasy team long-term because he's a big-name guy. The opportunity for if he does well, you have to have him in your lineup. But when he doesn't come through for you, it's the most gut-wrenching thing, especially when it's against a team that I'm pretty sure was in the dead last of the NFL for deep pass, like completions, touchdowns. It should have been a field day. So very disappointed in Tyler Lockett. And then the the other thing that I think I would share is that, you know, I I have a, a, a similar theory to my no Jets, no Giants rule, and that I'm adding an addendum to it. And I am going to say uh, there is no Ravens running back that I want anymore nor is there any Saints running back that I want if Taysom Hill is the quarterback. There is something about God-given quarterbacks that are meant to run. Lamar, I know you hate it, but then start throwing the ball more. Stop running on every other play. The NFL is just transitioning into this, you know, QB RPO, uh, you know, where the running back just looks like a cone out there. And it's just ridiculous. We got Josh Allen running 10 yard quarterback fucking plays in the middle of a game when it's snowing. This is your franchise guy. What are we doing? No, I don't care who it is. What are you doing running your franchise quarterback? There shouldn't be run plays for your quarterback. Dude, he's so big. Have you seen him? He's so – it's not like he's fucking uh, Kyler Murray, bro. He can take a hit. Like, yeah, but, uh, you know, I'll just say Kyler Murray's running those same plays. So it's like – he's dying. That's why? He's like 5'9". Josh Allen is tall and large and cold. My like Wyoming, point is bro. just simply that, you know, if that's what they want to do in their offensive scheme, I have no control over that. But it's not going to impact my fantasy team anymore – those running backs are all hype. They don't produce in the end because the quarterback eats half of their rushing attempts. So I'm, I'm going to give a inside scoop here, though, because um, I know people are going to forget this by next season. A couple of players that Allen really likes. I'm just going to lift back the hood. OK, he likes DeAndre Swift a lot. He likes J. Jeff a lot. He likes Thielen a lot. He likes Herbert a lot. He likes Stafford a lot. So if you're ever sort of like around their ADP and you have the pick mm-hmm. right before Allen, just swoop. Just swoop nice. right on in. Yeah, I might save this, save this podcast for later. Put a put a eye calendar notification. Listen to week ten podcast intros and exhale. Sponsored by Roman Swipes. If you have your dick go down, swipe your dick, swipe it on your dick, and you'll go up. Only clockwise. Yeah. Only clockwise. Use code um, intro on the exhale for ten percent off your first order. And I think that um. What one final point here as well on, on Allen's team is you, you did mention running quarterbacks. You mentioned Josh. Does that mean you're no longer going to draft Stefan Diggs? Because he's another one that I know you've liked um, quite quite a bit. What Can, can I guess uh, your take on that? Well, this year I didn't draft him. I traded for him. Um, in this league, yes. So true. I did draft him in another league. He was unavailable in the third league. I already drafted. Somebody took that similar strategy, Neil, which I very much so dislike. It's not a good strategy to have, folks. Don't copy that. That being said, we'll see. And uh, last person, Edwin, is there anyone on your team that you would... Even when I look at this team now, I still I still kind of can't believe it won a championship. This, this I'm, team I'm holding is back brutal. That. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, Kevin I... Coleman is on this roster. Like. Oh. <laughs> 
this this team is i mean i was looking at the draft recap like when we started talking about draft order what we, what do you learn i mean i was out in the north end and my espn app wouldn't load it automatically <laughs> queued into saquon barkley i was like okay chalk the season's you know done for you know could have had jonathan taylor could have had kelsey could have had a lot of other people and then i uh, had dk metcalf in the second round i mean i had two duds in round one round two Round three, Joe Mixon, which was just like, uh, okay, I need a running back. And and then it, it got a little bit better. But yeah, this 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 team sucks. I mean, I <laughs> I texted you before the finals being like, is this a keeper league? Because I don't I don't know if I need to like make any moves. You know, like maybe do I do I shelf like Lamar Jackson because he was around six and maybe he'll have a bounce back year, you know, trying tr- unless I was going to drop him. I ended up doing nothing because that's just my strategy. And uh, yeah, this this team is is brutal. I honestly don't know who I would like. I mean, Deontay Johnson obviously is, is the guy that I mean, who knows who's going to be the, the mm-hmm. Steelers quarterback. Uh, so that's that Hopefully has a Gardner lot. Issue. That's yeah. what I want. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, I don't hate that. Um mm. You know, that or, or Mark Andrews. I mean, I think in terms of, like, lessons learned, um, besides Kittle, I mean, if, at least personally, I think the tight end position is the most, like, crapshoot position, trying to find someone solid in there. It's just alleviates you of a headache week after week after week. If you find someone you can just plug in there and only have to really worry about the buy or maybe a bad matchup, it's going to save you so much time trying to figure out roster placements. So, you know... I don't know where I got Mark Andrews. I think round four, round five, six, round six. Okay, yeah, it was a good pickup. Yeah, there was a couple though that went off the board before that. I think Hawkinson and Kittle were already off the board, and that probably spurned my like attention. Like, oh crap, I should probably get a tight end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those two players are are the only two players I like probably have confidence going into the next season. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow obviously is, is very exciting. He turned on the last part of the season. Can he make that a consistent sort of like Herbert like season and be consistent fantasy rankings week after week? I don't know. But besides that, this, this team is, you know, just, I won the championship, move on, etching yeah. in, etching in the, the trophy. The tight end point is a good point because I, I was I was not confident in my tight ends at any point during this season. I had um I had Higbay who was probably, he was probably he's he's probably his middle name is probably like league average. You know what I mean? Like he's he's pretty safe for like eight to ten points, but like you're not getting any boom factor. You know what's that. really interesting is you could have had Gronk at that position. You you drafted Higbay one sixty two. Gronk was drafted one seventy. Uh, in, very very interesting. Yeah for sure. Yeah for sure. I don't know. I, I think I was buying the Rams type train at that point. Mm. And I I think in this case, like Joe, it's it's a, it was okay for you to feel uncomfortable about tight end all year because you didn't pick one till the last round. So like. You had like Cup, you had Cook, you had Mahomes, you had other positions that were like completely locked down. So um, that was like just completely extreme. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I guess like a, a kind of look under the hood. I, I usually try and take as many shots at like running backs and wide receivers to see mm-hmm. if any of them pop before I go after tight end. So I might make an adjustment to that uh, moving forward. I think um, to, to close out this segment, this is a. a Player very near and dear to Alan and mine's heart. Uh, Alan, when would you draft Kyle Pitts next year? So here's the thing, right? Because Kyle Pitts, I'm pretty sure, broke a couple of records this year um, for the tight end position. It wasn't so, fantasy from, points. It wasn't from an <laughs> from an overall like real life perspective. I completely understand why Kyle Pitts is a great tight end. 
But in terms of fantasy, I don't think we've seen that production yet. I don't think the Falcons offense has figured it out since that absolute collapse in uh, the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Seriously? When they just got decimated uh, after being up 28 to three. So I think they've just tr- been trying to figure it out ever since then. And with Matt Ryan as the quarterback, I don't know if that offense ever wrote. You know, there's some interesting, you know, thoughts there around Atlanta, but is Matt Ryan the quarterback next year? Is it crazy if I, Thanks yeah, so. Matt, well, he is as far as I know, but yeah. is it crazy if I say somewhere between sixth and eighth round? Cause that's uh, kind of no. how I'm feeling to be honest. I feel like that's kind of what it was um, this year even, or maybe like slightly lower than that, but um, I don't you know. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I drafted him. Like the only reason I dropped, cause he's a rookie tight end, which is like, right. He had the hype. Yeah. So. Do, do you think people will be higher or lower on him? Like, do, do you think like the hype will come back even though he didn't really perform up to it? For me personally, I, I think a lot of this is way too early to tell. Um, mm-hmm. there's a whole off season, you know, they have the summer, you know, training, a lot of movements are going to happen. We haven't seen what the free agency period looks like yet. Um, you know, we're just entering really the last week of the season of the NFL. So there's still a lot more of the year left to play, even though the fantasy season is over. Uh, that's kind of the good thing about fantasy is that it ends early enough that you can really kind of sit back and enjoy truly the games that mean the most to the players and we can watch as fans without any fantasy implications so um well it's just betting implications right because then we just bet them or, or true i i mean i guess the point is is that you know i'm interested to see where guys like alan robinson end up in free agency um you know i'm curious to see what the patriots do with their wide receiver core and how that shakes out um, i think you guys are good know. What do you, you shake? There's nothing to shake. Yeah. Like, you guys are perfect. Yeah. I, I mean, you we got Harry. Jacoby Myers and, and stand pat, you know. dude. Just like yeah. Joe and Edwin, just like stand by their guys. Stand dude. The by. to stand by their guys. Put Gunner in there. That's all I mean, we'll, 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 my point is, we'll see what happens. So you know, th- there's a lot of of game left to play and a lot of time that will tell some of these tales. But um, I have a feeling that Kyle Pitts will be riding a top ten tight end hype next year as well, too. I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's the right, you know, ride, but I think he's gonna be in that ride. <laughs> was yeah. was Kyle Pitts the earliest like uh a rookie was drafted in, yeah. in our league? The, I think so. Rookie tight end, yeah. That's or just rookie in general, because I I know at least no, for Najee myself, Harris was the no, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. Najee yeah, Harris man. was the top like twenty pick, I think, in the league. Yeah, I think I yep. think I got him like 11 or 12 or something or no that always scares there. scares me it's just so much hype coming from college it's like oh he's gonna they're gonna be great on this team and then you you, you take a little you know a, a little dream and a wish to to take them and then usually it crashes and burns at least in my personal experience i had there was a lot of hype and i was like the steelers are gonna run the ball no matter what because they're the steelers and they were so unhappy last year when they had to throw also big ben's a noodle arm like you can't you can't be having him throw it's so gross except for johnson uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Johnson got it done. But uh, so before we close out here, Edwin, any any final words, any, any last things to say? Uh, any last things to say? Uh, no, I mean, I, I'll probably echo what I talked about at the last podcast, which is, you know, for, for you guys to do to do this podcast, the, the discord activity and chatter definitely obviously uh boosted my interest in the league boosted my activity boosted my attentiveness so shout out to you guys 
I, uh, you know, in terms of superstitions, I talked about Johnson keeping with the flex. I do believe changing my name to Lord Farquaad after drunkenly watching Shrek one night has something to do. You know, I don't know if that was just, you know, like some like shaman was just boiling tea leaves and, and has to spell on me, but the amount of red wine and watching Shrek was like, Lord Farquaad is an amazing character. I'm changing my name right now. And I, 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 don't, I don't have the stats to prove it because I don't even know how do you check it, but I have to imagine I, I was like six and one or something like that. You know, it's three, three wins in the, or two, three wins in the playoffs and like two or three, four before that. Um, so, you know, I, it was a great year. I loved it. Can't wait for next year. Would you say that your team was in another person's hands, perhaps? My team in another person's hands. I mean, yeah. Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is with us every morning, day, and night. Right, uh, right. You know, right. You know right. Some, right. some would say is the syringe of, of our life and youthfulness. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to go with like a Shrek joke there, Alan. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to go with like, I'm a believer or something like that. And I was going to be really impressed. <laughs> No. Not the gumdrop buttons. I, I didn't want to go there. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think that was your uh, mistake this season, as you referenced and like nicknamed yourself after all these villains, but you didn't you didn't pick Lord Farquaad. Mm. And if you did, I think it would have propelled you to victory. That's a great point. Also, Ed, when you said one night you're, I feel like you watch Shrek all the time. Don't you just I, like? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into my you know my my drunken movie habits. Uh, I have I have a string of those in which I drink a little bit too much alcohol and I just start watching questionable movies. And by questionable movies, I mean great movies, but guilty pleasure movies. So yeah, well, what are the other sh- ones? I, I, I the world has I, to know. I mean, the town that departed is okay is is a classic um i once watched the departed twice without realizing i was watching it twice until halfway through the second time Did you uh, fall asleep? no i was i was awake for it i was you know having a few adult beverages and then you know things got a little, a little out of hands and then the, the next scene comes up and i was like this is like deja vu i looked and it was my this previously played fortuitous. that's weird <laughs> wow. i actually yeah. watched the departed on my flight to austin Oh, great movie, Good choice. Uh, but yeah, the the Shrek movies. I've I've drunkly watched Shrek one, two, and three in like a one twenty four hour sitting. Yeah. Uh, How about uh, Ghost Dog? Are you a big Ghost Dog fan? Uh, I've only seen Ghost Dog once, you know, honestly, and I was uh, not the biggest fan of Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. I think he was better in uh, Star Wars Rogue One. That's, like, that's not my first Forrest Whitaker. Maybe it is. I don't know what yeah. my first Forrest Whitaker reference would be, but it's certainly not Ghost Dog either. <laughs> Uh, so I actually forgot the uh, Commissioner's Award, which is actually the, the best prize. It is a delivery of Domino's, uh, two pizzas, two toppings, mediums, $5.99 each. It's directly to your house and you provide me your address. And uh, I think it, knows, it comes to no surprise that the winner of this uh, prestigious award is the General. Nate the General. Timmy's wow. Key. Golden please. <laughs> For basically, you know contributing i would say 60 percent of the bets to the dgens channel just keeping that alive just throwing out like bucks first half minus nine and a half no problem like let's parlay that with another colts minus nine and a half first half for 10 to 1 odds and just just so upset when we lose like how did this happen <laughs> but general you know if you, if you ever lose too much money on bets and you have to venmo away too much of your money for dinner quote unquote you can feel free to uh, uh, maybe text me and I'll order you some dominoes to, to get you through that tough night. <laughs> um, so 
I hope that uh, listening to this podcast and repeat keeps all of our listeners uh, through the dark night of the off season. Uh, we will be back maybe once or twice just to poke in, see what's up, uh, give our off season thoughts or uh, off season role updates. But until then, you know, prepare your bodies, stare at your lineup, think about fantasy, and uh, congratulations to uh, our champion Edwin um, on on winning the revival season. And we hope to be back next year. Later. <laughs>